Hey guys, welcome to Psychology Hacks. Thank you so much for coming out here to listen. Uh, let me go ahead and say real quick that the page is growing. People are listening. People seem to like what I'm putting out there. And every time that I open it up and I look and see like how many views I have, how many likes I have, how many followers, like it makes me feel good. So thank you guys for your support. Um, I hope that I can continue to provide value to you. Uh, by the way, also, if you haven't checked it out yet, um, which I know you haven't actually because it's brand new, but I have a new Instagram page. It's like totally new. It's got like seven posts on it. Um, it's Jack Gray underscore psychology hacks. You should go check that out. Follow it. It's, a, it's more of like a daily dose thing because I only do these podcasts every week. But let's get into it. Let's talk about uh, we're going to we're going to go more into this about creating change, especially lasting change. Um, this is a really big topic for a lot of people. Um, this is kind of how I got interested in this whole genre of work to begin with too is just because I, I there were some really serious changes that I wanted to make in my life and, and it, it took me a couple years to really learn how um, it only took me a few months to, to get the basic principles down but I just I feel like it's something that you can never know too much about this because uh, the, the more little tricks that you find to kind of hack your psychology uh, the, the better because you, you Certain things are going to work better for certain people. Um, certain things are going to make more sense to certain people. So let's get right into it. Creating change. First of all, <clears throat> you, you want to start off by optimizing your environment as much as you can. Um, it's not always feasible to do this, but you, you can usually do something. Uh, if you're trying to establish a solid workout routine, for example, but your gym clothes are hidden in the back of your closet somewhere, you're, you're really just setting yourself up for failure. You want to make things as easy as possible before you even get started. So your brain is wired to conserve as much energy as it can. And one of the ways that it does this is that it uses an unconscious system of thinking. And this unconscious system of thinking uses very little energy. All right, um, And you also have your conscious thinking. This is your, your logical, uh, reflective system of thinking. But part of... And that's typically what we identify with is our logical brain. But the majority of our lives are run by the unconscious. And I'm not just talking about things like, you know, your heart beats because you, unconsciously your, your brain's telling your heart to beat. But also, like, if you get in the car and drive somewhere and you just suddenly realize, oh, like, how did I get here? I was, it's like you're in a, a, a daze the whole way there because it, it's, it's such a habit. You're, you're unconsciously able to drive, right? You don't really have to put a whole lot of thought into it. Unless something happens, in which case, you know, you, you, you do switch back over to that uh, logical, conscious thinking. But the, the vast majority of the decisions that we make, we don't even really make a decision. We just go to that default. So I'm going to talk about that in just a second. Uh, but essentially, the, a big part of the reason that the unconscious system conserves so much energy is um, that it, it really just operates on a default setting kind of basis. So if you're faced with any kind of decision that your brain is just going to default to whatever's most familiar, whatever you've already done, it saves you the trouble of thinking, which in a survival situation might make sense because um, it you do have a finite amount of energy. Your brain does physically burn fuel, and if you, if you don't have a whole lot of resources, you want to conserve that. But in the modern world, that creates a lot of problems. Um, and these defaults, are, we just we call them habits. They fill up the majority of our waking lives. And these habits are just, it, it's, it's so important to actually take the time to consciously engineer your habits. Because if you don't, then you're running the majority of your life on a default system that you didn't even pick. Or maybe you picked it, but like, it was when you moved into the new house, you were stressed out the first night there. And so you 
you stayed up late watching TV and binge eating. And then, you know, you don't think anything of it. And if it, if it was that one day, it wouldn't be a big deal. But then that's the first thing you do in this new house. So you, you stay up late, you eat a lot of junk food, you skip the gym, and then you sleep in the next morning. Well, your brain's saying, hey, this is a new environment. What do I do in this environment? And it, you're so tired when you move and when you get to a new place because you're having to, to make these decisions for the first time. You don't have any habits established yet. You have to actually decide what you're going to do. So everything is, is, is a decision, which means that it takes up a lot of energy. And unfortunately, I, and trust me, I'm, I'm a victim of this too. I, or, well, victim's not the right word. I, I have committed this sin before as well. You move in somewhere and you're just exhausted. Moving is exhausting. You make a lot of decisions. You're moving a lot of stuff around and you just want to relax that first night there. Like you don't want to put in a lot of work. You don't want to go you know, work out, you know, eat healthy. If you're doing maybe intermittent fasting or something, you know, that's out the window. Uh, your sleep schedule is gone. Forget it. You're sleeping in the next day because, you know, you're, you don't sleep well the first night in a new environment anyway because your brain's trying to protect you. It's worried that, you know, there's dangers. I don't know what's going on here. So there's a lot of reasons why, you know, it, it's easy to just say, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to relax. I'm going to binge eat, whatever. But what your your brain is doing is it's trying to figure out, okay, this is a new environment. What do I do in this environment? And you make these decisions. And it says, so the next day it says, okay, well, do I want to go to the gym or do I, do I want to eat healthy? Do I want to go to bed on time and get up early? Or, you know, you have, you're faced with these individual decisions, but your unconscious looks back at the day before and says, well, yesterday I didn't go to the gym. I didn't eat healthy. I stayed up late and I relaxed and then I slept in. So you're probably going to do that again because when you're faced with these decisions, it's really difficult to actually go through the process of thinking through it. And it sounds silly, but start looking for this in your life and you'll start to notice you get this like mental friction. Um, I, I feel it whenever I have to pay the bills. I hate paying bills. I, I really do. I try to automate it as much as possible. Um, but sometimes, you know, you, you have to actually get the check out or you have to actually, you know, open the envelope, figure out, okay, what is this? Go to this website, call this number, whatever. I hate doing that. And it becomes a decision, do I do this now or do I put it off? And my default is to put it off. So I end up procrastinating. And, you know, anything that's not automated is either late or it's like the day that it's due. That's a really bad habit of mine that I should probably try to fix. I didn't think about it until just now. That I didn't plan this as an example. So now I'm feeling like a bit of a hypocrite. I'm teaching you guys this, but I... I have this awful habit of not paying my bills on time. Well, not all of them. Like I said, I optimize my environment and I try to automate as much as I can. The ones I don't, perfect example, I guess, uh, the ones that I don't are the ones that I have trouble with. So let's move on. When we optimize, when we're optimizing the environment, we're setting ourselves up for success because we're taking that thinking out of the equation. If the first thing you see when you get home is your gym clothes laid out, ready to go, you got like snacks, water, everything, like it's, it's easy. You can just decide, um, okay, hey, I, I got to go work out. As opposed to coming home and you have to figure out, okay, wait, I'm supposed to work out? Okay, well, where is my stuff? You know, you got to go look for your, your gym clothes. You don't see it, so it's not uh, readily available. It doesn't feel as relevant to you. You have to, it, it's so important to take the time early on to carefully script exactly what those triggers are going to be and how you're going to react to those triggers. So coming home, seeing your gym, coming home in general would be the trigger to 
go work out for for the sake of example. Everybody works out at different times, but if that's when you if if that's what you want the trigger to be, if you want to go to the gym every single day, you get home, you have to prearrange that. You can't just hope that it happens. You can't just say, okay, yeah, I think tomorrow I'm gonna I'm gonna work out when I get home. Like if you don't put any work into it, what are the odds that it's gonna happen? There's pretty much zero because you're not gonna remember when you get home. If you, if that's not your default, your brain's gonna go to wherever it normally does. So whenever you feel overwhelmed, uh, your your brain pretty much always goes with that default behavior. So you, you, you have to take the time before you get overwhelmed to, to script how you're going to react to these different situations. Um, you, you're basically setting your default to what you want it to be uh, and then letting your unconscious mind do the rest of the work. So this would be things like you, mental rehearsals or uh, some kind of dry run maybe where you, you act like you're going through the motions of you know getting home from work and going to the gym and you don't actually do it and you're not actually getting home but you kind of like you kind of put it in your mind that you're supposed to do this here so if you don't think that decisions take up a, a lot of energy just just think about grocery shopping when you go grocery shopping it takes so much out of you like you're really not doing that much you're not walking around so much you're not moving a whole lot of weight. You should not be so tired. But the reason that you are is because it's a draining activity because you're making so many decisions. Uh, where's that thing at? No, I, I probably shouldn't buy those cookies. Um, you know, what What kind of, what did I leave off the list? I remember thinking on my way here, I, for, I forgot something in the vegetable section. What was it? Like you, You've got to go through all these problems. And especially you, you have to exercise your willpower uh, when it comes to, at least I do anyway, I, I guess I can't speak for everybody, but for me, walking past the fast food or uh, the junk food aisle, I see those cookies, I see the, I see the candy, and I'm like, man, I just I want to get in there. I want all of that. And you have to make the decision, no, I'm not going to eat that. And then, of course, I backtrack and I go back and I get some of it. And so like, I still feel good about myself for not you know, getting all of it, but in reality, I gave in. Well, it takes up a lot of energy. And people are masters at avoiding it, um, using up that energy. So anytime your subconscious, or excuse me, your, your unconscious can take over and just automate that, it will. Governments figured this out. Um, you, you may have heard that uh, <clears throat> there was this thing that happened where certain countries, I, I can't remember where, where it was, but certain countries, they, they had a, a really high percentage of organ donors. And so they, they figured out what had happened was um, in America and most of the world, you have to kind of you have to check a little box and fill out the form um, to say that you want to be an organ donor. And most people had pretty warm feelings towards the idea. Um, they they weren't terribly weirded out. Uh, at least after they got some education on, it. people weren't like against being organ donors for the most part. At least people surveyed, but hardly anybody signed up for it. And what they figured out was people were just going with the default. So. If if you're if you're at the DMV and you're presented this form and it says, hey, would you like to be an organ donor? Check this box. You're probably not going to do it because you have to decide. You have to think through. Well, what are the implications of that? Um, am I comfortable doing this? Um, is there any fear of maybe my organs being taken before <laughs> before I die? Is there a concern that somebody's like the doctor's like, oh, you know what? This guy's got a great heart, and I this I've been waiting on a heart. Like maybe I should just let him die. Maybe I shouldn't check. You know, like whatever fears, whatever insecurities, and even if it's not that, even if it's just the idea of like, what does this imply for my burial, for my, for, you know, the impact on my family, you have to make all these decisions. You don't want to do that. So you're not going to check the box because it's the default is, is no, so you just go with it. 
<clears throat> and what they did is they, they just changed the default. They said, hey, um, you're signed up to be an organ donor. Check this box to opt out. And some people did, but hardly anybody did. And that's kind of become standard practice uh, with a lot of organizations that you know want you to go a certain way. They, they, they make the default the easiest option. Um, if, if you read through like terms of agreement on anything, nobody reads all of that. Nobody expects you to read all that. They know it's too difficult. It's too much work. We don't have time for that. We got things to do. We're moving on. We're going to pick the default. We're going to say, yes, I accept. Or um, if there's options to click, we're just going to, we're going to sign it. We're going to leave the default. That's how we're wired because you feel that mental resistance and you just go, nope, nope, not doing it. I'm backing up. It's much easier just to go with the status quo and let things stay the way they are. Um, because any anytime new ideas come in, you, you have to weigh each of them individually to think. Um, imagine like if you go out to somewhere unfamiliar, if you go out to a party or some kind of meeting or something, you always gravitate towards the people that you recognize. Like you always go and talk to them. You hang out with them because everything else is unfamiliar and it gives you anxiety. So you choose the default, which are these people. So once again, be sure to set up your environment in a way that's going to make the change easy. Um, if you're trying to get somebody else to change, just put yourself in their shoes and try to figure out uh, how things would affect them. Just try to be a little empathetic there. So let's, if you want peace from a coworker, for example, you can make it, you can try to make it physically more difficult for them to get to you. Or maybe you could associate yourself um, in their mind with mental strain. So like every time they come up to you, you give them tasks that, you know, don't seem like much, but they kind of cause you to think a little bit. So if they ask you, if, if, if they're asking you questions, maybe you ask them questions and you make them figure out the answers. And so you, you kind of associate yourself with mental strain and people are going to automatically avoid that. So just for example, um, once, once the environment's set up, things get a little bit easier. Um, you decide on the triggers for your habit ahead of time. Like I said, if you come home, um, you, you don't want chance to decide that. You don't want to figure out when you're going to work out um, if you don't have a good exercise routine set up. You, you don't want to just kind of say, okay, I'm going to work out sometime tomorrow. No, you, you need to figure out when, like what time or after I do what or before I do what, like what specifically is going to send that signal that it's time to head out. Um, and then it helps a lot to mentally rehearse it. So you imagine it in detail. Um, you see your gym clothes um, laid out for you already and you go, you get changed and you go home or excuse me, you go to the gym and you imagine this over and over again. You run through it as much as you can. When you rehearse it mentally, it's kind of like cheating a little bit uh, because you just, you give yourself a head start. Your, your brain's already associating that trigger with your response, uh, even though you haven't physically done anything. And lastly, make sure to add emotional content to whatever change you're trying to create. It's usually not a problem of logic um, that, that prevents the change. I mean, you know you should eat better. You know you should exercise more. You know you should stay calm under pressure. Uh, you, you've already proved why your coworker is an idiot and he's just to stop doing this, that, or the other. You've already proved that logically. Um, you've proved why your religion and your, your political ideology is the best. You've proven it beyond a shadow of a doubt, right? People still don't believe you. Uh, your brother-in-law still is not going to rehab, even though he knows he needs to. What's the problem with this? It's usually, it's, it's the emotion behind it. We don't really feel the need to put the cake away as much as we feel the desire to eat the cake, right? 
So the way to fix this, it's, it's going to de- depend on the person and on the situation. Uh, but just start by figuring out what creates an emotional response with you specifically. If you're trying to get somebody else to change, you know, try to identify what would work for them. If you, um, if you go back to the episode I did, I think it was last week, maybe it was two weeks ago, but it was on the uh, six dimensions of human behavior. And I talk about, you know, these, these core categories, basically that predict human behavior. You, that's, that's a great place to start. If you're trying to figure somebody else out, um, and you're not necessarily inside their head, but essentially just remember everybody moves away from pain and towards pleasure. So people are going to respond differently to each motivator. Uh, for some people, maybe seeing pictures of supermodels and movie stars is going to motivate them to go work out more maybe because they, they see that and they get inspired um, and they, they want to look like that. For other people, showing them a slideshow of clogged arteries, you know, that, that might be a little, a little bit better than you. they're moving away from something. Some people move towards something. Whatever strategy works, be sure to reward every bit of progress. This is where people really screw it up. We're so hard on ourselves. We're so hard on, on other people. We get frustrated. We want things now. We want those big results. It doesn't come like that. You know, we might struggle for weeks and weeks, and like we, but we're, we're really good about going to the gym, but we, we really don't do much when we're there. And we've got this awesome habit started, which is we're so lazy when we get there. We work out for like 10, 20 minutes, and we don't really try hard. And we, when we come home, we think, man, I, I'm, I'm such a failure. Like I, I, I barely did anything, or I wasn't able to do very much. Uh, even if I tried to, <clears throat> and it, it's so important though. Like if a, if a baby is taking a long time to crawl, you don't sit there and say, "What a stupid baby!" Like this baby's so dumb. I I can't believe you're not crawling it. No, like as soon as the baby does anything to crawl or it gets on all fours, like you, you start cheering and freaking out. I mean, I'm assuming other people do. I don't. I don't. I don't like babies. I would totally sit there and be like, "This is a dumb baby." Like I, this, this kid is just stupid. Like what's wrong with it? But like a normal person, like a, a normal functioning human adult being would, you know, cheer on this baby because that's how our, we, we understand intuitively, that's how we actually train people. That's how we train ourselves. That's how we train uh, any, any behavior that we want. It's through positive reinforcement. It's, it's not through negative reinforcement. Most of the things that we have in our heads, we would never say to somebody else, but we say it to ourselves over and over again. And it's kind of ridiculous when you stop to think about it. So reward yourself every time you go to the gym. Don't reward yourself every time you go to the gym by eating a chocolate cake. Like that kind of defeats the purpose. But reward yourself in terms of, you know, praise. Like take it, take the time to realize, hey, I accomplished something. Maybe I didn't do a lot, but I did something. Like this this is meaningful. You 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 give yourself this positive reinforcement. You let yourself feel good. You let yourself talk to yourself in a way that is encouraging. That will get you further much much quicker than uh beating yourself up the negative self-talk it, it um it's it's um if you if you look into like animal training it's kind of silly to con- to compare training a dog or a circus animal with training a human whether it's yourself or somebody else but it's true like punishment works in certain situations negative reinforcement works in certain situations but positive reinforcement consistently gets the quickest and most dramatic results so whether this is you know, you personally, if it's your coworker that you want to change or, you know, somebody you're in a relationship with, uh, I, I did do an episode on this. You start by rewarding the behavior and then, you know, once they catch on or once you catch on, then you, you start you start changing the reward a little bit so that it's not um, repetitive. But 
this is really where people mess up. They, they might get those other factors right. They might change the environment. Um, they might get the emotional content set up. They might set themselves up for success in every way possible. And then it's just not as quick as they want it to be. And they beat themselves up. So don't fall into that trap. Thank you guys for listening. Um, don't forget to check out my Instagram, Jack Gray underscore psychology hacks. That's gray with an E, not like the color. Um, anyway, hope you guys gained something from this. Go forth, conquer. Have an awesome day.